We only have six more days until the Rose Bowl kicks off to begin the final four-team college football playoff, and I can't even express how excited I am. We got Michigan versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Washington versus Texas in the Sugar Bowl at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or potentially later if the Rose Bowl drags out for longer than the scheduled, I presume, three and a half hours. But today, I'm going to be giving you all five reasons why Michigan will beat Alabama. My official prediction for this game is that Michigan will win by a score of 31-20. to So Michigan won't just win, but they will cover the spread and win by double digits. And I have five key reasons as to why the Wolverines will achieve this feat. I will also be releasing a video documenting some reasons why I think Alabama can slash will win this game just to take the other position, play devil's advocate, and also try and view things from an Alabama point of view. And really, Alabama can win this game. They absolutely can. I just don't think they will for a variety of reasons. But they have Nick Saban, who I think is a much better head coach than Jim Harbaugh, and Jalen Milrow has been playing some phenomenal football, and Alabama's defense has been rapidly improving week after week. But welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. And before we begin this video, please hit that like button, and most importantly, click that big red subscribe button and hit the notification bell so that you can help us reach 20,000 subscribers as a community. That's my next big milestone, and like at every big milestone, I will be doing a giveaway at 20,000 subscribers. I don't know what that giveaway will be yet, but once we hit 20,000, there will be a giveaway to give thanks back to you for being a part of this awesome community. This is the best Big Ten football channel on YouTube. We're growing pretty rapidly, and you can always find me interacting with the comment section. So speaking of that, comment your own prediction for this game. And if you think Michigan's going to win, give me five reasons or just any amount of reasons why you think Michigan will win. And if you think Alabama is going to win and you disagree with my prediction, give me some reasons why you think Alabama will win the Rose Bowl. Lastly, if you want to support the channel, you can check out my merchandise store or my Patreon via the link in the description, the links in the description rather, or also the links below my pinned comment. And without further ado, let's jump right in and check out reason number one why I think Michigan will win this game, and that is the Wolverines' defensive line. Michigan's defense is first in opponent points allowed per game, only allowing 9.5 points per game. They are first in red zone scores allowed per game, on average only allowing 1.2 red zone scores per game. And they are first in opponent points allowed per play, only allowing 0.162 points per play. And that is in large part due to their defensive line. This Michigan defensive line, as you see on the third bullet point, really is the anchor of this team. Michigan has 33 sacks on the season and 72 tackles for loss, and much of their pressure comes from four-man stunts or four- or five-man pressures and blitzes. The Wolverines are not this uber-aggressive 
defense that constantly blitzes and tries to manufacture pressure. They can manufacture pressure with their front four players, whether that's Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, or Rayshon Benny at defensive tackle or at defensive end. You have Josiah Stewart. You have Jalen Harrell. You have Braden McGregor. And you have Derek Moore. I mean, Michigan has a two deep at the defensive line that is just absolutely incredible. And it results in success defensively. Michigan has won the line of scrimmage in every game so far this season. And if you win the line of scrimmage, you typically win the football game because football is still a game that often in these big matchups especially is decided by inches, is decided in the trenches, and the trenches help support your rushing offense or shut down an opponent rushing offense and controlling the clock, which the run game helps you do, will help you to control the game as well. So this Michigan defensive line really sets the tone for not just Michigan's defense, but also can help dictate the opponent's offense and what they can do and how they approach the game. This defense, like most units in the history of college football, is far from invincible. Michigan, because they typically stack a light box, is often caught allowing rushing yards in between the 20s. And Michigan does not have an Aiden Hutchinson or a David Ojabo like they did in 2021. And to make a comparison to Alabama, they don't have a Will Anderson and they don't have a Dallas Turner. They don't have that high ceiling edge presence that can just blow past tackles with ease. They don't even have a Chop Robinson. But Michigan, defensively, they're one of the best in the nation in run defense, and they're one of the best in pass defense as well. And their defensive line plays a massive role in that. This is the most important reason why I think Michigan wins this football game. These reasons, in my opinion, are ranked from most important to least important. And I think there are more than five reasons, but these are just the five biggest reasons why I think the Wolverines will win this football game. If the Wolverines' front four continues their success, it's going to be a long day for Tommy Reese and an Alabama offense that, look, they're not a consistent offense. They rely on big plays, they rely on Jalen Milrow's legs, and they're more run-heavy by play call and by schematics than Michigan is. Michigan passes more than Alabama is. Michigan, in fact, has a more balanced offense than Alabama does, and we will get into that later. But Alabama's offense is more consistent, and it's very critical that Michigan's defensive line gets some pressure or that they at least force Alabama to rely on these explosive plays that aren't necessarily sustainable. Because Alabama, they score on the explosive plays, but I've seen against Georgia and against Texas A&M and Tennessee where they can be consistent, they just use that big explosive play to make the defense question everything about themselves. If Michigan can consistently dominate the line of scrimmage, especially from the perspective of their defense to Alabama's offense, it will be a long day, a long day for Alabama. Michigan is first in not just opponent points per game, and points per play and red zone scoring attempts, but they're also first in yards per point. They're first in red zone scoring percentage. They are first in offensive touchdowns per game, and they're also 
first in opponent plays per game and opponent first downs per game and also opponent punts per score. And they're first in opponent passing first downs per game. But that leads into my next point, that final statistic. First in opponent passing first downs per play. Let's look at the Michigan defensive backs. This is my number two reason why I think Michigan will win this game. Because I made a controversial statement, apparently. I don't think it's that controversial that Michigan's secondary all around is better than Alabama's. You may think that's lunacy, and this may be the point where many of you click off the video, but that's just my opinion. Alabama has more NFL bodies at defensive back. There's no doubt about that. Their players are better built to serve in the NFL. Mikey Sainristil is a prime example of this. Mikey Sainristil is viewed as undersized for an NFL defensive back. Alabama's defensive backs are big, they're physical, they can make explosive plays. Michigan's secondary, even when you adjust for the fact, this is just my opinion, even when you adjust for the fact that Alabama's secondary has played much better quarterbacks and offenses, Michigan's secondary is just more consistent. Against good quarterbacks, and J.J. McCarthy is a good quarterback who has good tight ends and above-average good wide receivers, edit good tight ends to great or elite tight ends. Against great offenses, Alabama's secondary has struggled at times. They just have, and Michigan's secondary is consistent. They are the more consistent defensive back room. And even though I've been critical of Michigan's DBs for allowing big plays at times, the sample size there is small. Michigan is one of the best teams in the country in explosive plays allowed per game. They're seventh in opponent completion percentage, and they're sixth in the average passer rating allowed per game because of their elite DBs. And I don't think Michigan is the best secondary in all of college football. I think that belongs to Ohio State, Florida State, maybe could contend for that. Notre Dame statistically is elite there, but I've maybe they're up there. And I'd say Georgia too. Michigan though is close and pairing that with what I think is the nation's number one defensive line makes for an incredible defense. And maybe Michigan's secondary is the best secondary in the country. And maybe right now Alabama's secondary is the best in the country. I mean, the way that they shut down Carson Beck is impressive though I would say that Georgia was very much injured. But they also did a serviceable job against LSU, which has the nation's number one offense by a mile. So both of these Rose Bowl teams have great secondaries. I just think that Michigan's is better, and it's my number two reason because Alabama likes to use explosive passing plays to win. And the secondary has 16 interceptions, and they have four defensive touchdowns, four pick sixes. I actually think they have five or six defensive touchdowns def like overall on defense, but the secondary alone has four defensive touchdowns, four pick sixes. This unit is aggressive. They're risky. Sometimes that bites them in the butt, but mostly it allows them to create extra possessions for a Michigan offense that is just an efficient, an efficiency machine, or at least was when they weren't playing Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa. And those defenses are all top four, top five defenses in my mind. And as we'll see later, Michigan still had a pretty good offensive effort and performance against the Penn States and Ohio States of the world, though not much so in regard to Iowa. 
Sainer is still more Johnson, Page, and Wallace slow down Ohio State's offense. I use Ohio State's offense as the benchmark because even though they are not elite like the past two seasons, they're the best offense in the Big Ten, and I think they have a better offense than Alabama. I think they are more consistent than Alabama, and in the same way that we're going to judge Michigan's secondary by saying, in comparison to Alabama's secondary, they haven't faced the same offenses, Alabama's offense has not played the same defenses that Ohio State's offense has faced in comparison. Ohio State has played Michigan's offense, which could be the best defense in the country. They also played Penn State's defense, which could be the best in the country. Georgia's defense is not the best in the country this season. You can run on Georgia. Most teams, in fact, with competent offensive lines and good running backs can run on Georgia. Just look at Auburn. Even look at Alabama. And part of that was the QB run, but Alabama doesn't have a great or maybe even good offensive line, and they were able to run on Georgia. LSU's defense is garbage. Texas is probably the best defense that Alabama has played all season, and Texas was able to get pressure on Jalen Milrow, intercept him, slow down Alabama's rushing attack. I know Alabama's offense is better now, but I still don't think Texas has the same defense that Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, and a healthy Iowa defense have, in my opinion, particularly because of their secondary play. So these defensive backs have slowed down Kyle McCord, Travion Henderson, Cade Stover, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, and they've also gotten burned by them. But comparing that to this potential matchup against Alabama means that, hey, Jalen Milrow and Jermaine Burton or Isaiah Bond and C.J. Dupree, maybe they can get one or two big plays or perhaps more if Michigan's secondary doesn't play at their ceiling. But this secondary can definitely slow down Alabama's offense, and I expect them to. And I wouldn't be shocked if they force a turnover or multiple turnovers through the air against what is honestly a boom or bust passing offense. Number three is one player, Blake Corum. Blake Corum has 1,028 rushing yards and 24 rushing touchdowns this year. This is in spite of an offensive line that overall is Michigan's worst offensive line since the 2020 season. It is an inferior unit to the 2021 and 2022 offensive lines that won the Joe Moore Award. Washington deservingly won the Joe Moore Award this season. Now, Corum isn't the only Michigan running back, and he's not the only Michigan running back with an insanely high ceiling. Donovan Edwards, and maybe, but less likely so, Kalel Mullings could be factors in this game, but Corum is Michigan football's best running back. And this offense hasn't been explosive this year for Michigan, but again, efficiency monster. They can, they're perfect Michigan is at averaging anywhere from, honestly, this is funny, 2 to 15 yards per play and still marching down the field. I mean, it is impressive that in spite of a lack of explosiveness in the run game and also, to a lesser degree, in the passing game, Michigan is still able to score close to 40 points per game, march down the field, and gain yards and points on the country's best defenses. Blake Corum has had two or more touchdowns in every game 
since the month of November began. Against Purdue, he had three rushing touchdowns. Against Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State, he had two rushing touchdowns each. And against Iowa, he also had two rushing touchdowns. There was a time in November when ball security began to look like a concern for Blake Corum, but against Ohio State and against Iowa, not even close. Held on to the ball. So I think that Blake Corum, with a month to prepare, he's going to be at his healthiest. He'll be at his best, his most disciplined, his most motivated. And even with Michigan's struggles in the run game, they still have one of the country's best interior short rushing attacks. Fourth and one, you run Blake Corum against any defense in the country, you're likely to convert that, I would say, 90% of the time. Drake Nugent... Trevor Keegan, and now it's going to be Carson Barnhart as Zach Zinner is sadly out for the season. I don't know if they will have the same interior presence that the interior O-line, the guards and center, had when Zinter was there. I doubt that's the case. But Corum often made those plays as well, not just the blockers. So that's an encouraging sign for Michigan is even with the struggles of their offensive line, they still have a elite running back who can compensate for some of the offensive line struggles, ineptitude, injuries, whatever you want to call it. Also, apparently Michigan's offensive line outside of Zinner has been more banged up than advertised over the past month. So in the same way that Nick Saban with a month to prepare is scary as his team gets healthy and you get to see the greatest coach of all time draw up a game plan in a month, Michigan now has a chance to get healthy, and that doesn't just go for Blake Corum, but also the offensive line that can help him in the ground game. And if the Wolverines are able to average just three or four yards per carry and not surrender many tackles for losses, that sets up fourth and one, that sets up some third and short conversions, and Michigan's very good at getting that done. And Alabama's defensive tackles, their defensive line, They're not as good at shutting down opposing rushing attacks as Ohio State and Penn State and Iowa were. They do not have the same run defense. Alabama's pass defense, factoring in their pressures and their linebackers, their edges, their defensive ends, I think they have a near elite to elite pass defense, factoring all that in. Their run defense, though, I think it's just good, and with... A running back like Corum and also Edwards, and don't forget McCarthy, Corum and his presence opens up, it opens up the playbook. You have to take Michigan seriously every time that Corum is on the field, even if their offensive line is not elite. I think he's going to have over 100 rushing yards in this game and multiple rushing touchdowns, and he will provide problems for the Tide because he can fall forward. He can truck defenders, and he's physical. Alabama is known for being physical, and this defense has become more physical every week under Nick Saban and Kevin Steele and Freddie Roach. But Corum can match anyone in terms of physicality and toughness. So he is reason number three why I think Michigan will win this game. And I could talk about him all day long, but we have to move on. Number four is quarterback play. This is difficult because I've said time and time again that I think Jalen Milrow and J.J. McCarthy are very close overall. In fact, I've gone on the record saying that personally, because I like certain offenses and I love having 
like triple or quadruple threat rushing offenses, which means you have one or two good running backs. You can use triple option with wide receivers or just that deep of a running back room and also a mobile quarterback. And Jalen Milrow is a very mobile quarterback. He's one of the best scramblers in the country, and he's improving as a passer. But I think J.J. McCarthy is the better passing quarterback, and since it matters more to be a good passer than a good scrambler as a quarterback, I objectively think that McCarthy is the slightly better quarterback. But I'm biased toward dual-threat quarterbacks. I predicted at one point early in the season way early in the preseason for 2023 that Jalen Milrow could be in the Heisman Trophy um, ceremony. Or maybe I think I might have predicted that he won the whole darn award. I don't know. But I think I was a year early on that because I think in 2024 he'll have a huge season. And maybe McCarthy will as well. We don't know if J.J. McCarthy will declare for the draft after the college football playoff or if he'll come back for 2024. I think he could benefit from an extra year, but I also think he could be drafted in the first round if Michigan does win it all, and McCarthy's a part of that. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country, with a 170.3 passer rating and an 89.3 quarterback efficiency rating. He's averaging 9.2 yards per pass attempt, and he's shown a knack for creating critical plays out of nothing, whether throwing across his body, throwing off his back foot, eluding pressure, and directing traffic when his offensive line breaks down. He's a good quarterback. He is improved compared to last season. He does have his weaknesses. I'm not shying away from that. Um, and there's a very good chance that in this game, he throws a pick or two. But McCarthy has been better this season than last season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Despite having an inferior protection system and despite losing Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson has stepped up. He has a deeper tight end room than he did last season, and he's completing nearly three out of every four passing attempts, which is just, look, it's nuts. He's only thrown one touchdown pass in his past five games, but that touchdown pass was against the best secondary that he's played all season in the Ohio State Buckeyes, who have Denzel Burke, probable first-round pick, uh, Jordan Hancock, I think is a future NFL corner, Josh Proctor could do well in the NFL. He's a sixth or seventh-year player for the Buckeyes, but he's been an elite All-American caliber secondary player this season. Lathan Ransom, when healthy, is good. And Jermaine Matthews is an elite freshman corner as well. Also, Davis and Igbenosin, can't forget about him. Great pickup in the transfer portal by the Buckeyes before the 2023 season. I really like how McCarthy has improved. But he's reason number four because I think that the defensive line, the secondary, and Blake Corum are better than he is. And he will likely have to carry a heavier load than what he's used to. But I think with a month to prepare, he'll play at his best. He's shown an ability to scramble. Not the same as Jalen Milrose, but he can convert third downs. He can pick up first downs on his own with his feet. He's more accurate. There's a better touch on the ball, and we haven't seen him throw it deep much this season. He has thrown it deep less than he did, I think, even in 2021 with limited play. We have not seen McCarthy throw the ball deep that often, and when he has, it's been 
it's been pretty hit and miss, I'm going to be honest, but he is great at being accurate in the short and intermediate passing game, and that goes into my final point of this game, is sustainability. Big plays are awesome, but if you can only execute on the big plays and you can't execute on the little plays, you're not sustainable. This is the story of making another Big Ten analogy, but this is the story of Penn State's 2022 offense. It was boom or bust. Either explosive runs by Nicholas Singleton, maybe Parker Washington makes a big play through the air with Sean Clifford, but against big-time opponents, Michigan and Ohio State, when Penn State didn't get big plays, it was hard for them to create a sustainable series of drives. Michigan, this year, has been one of the most sustainable teams in the country, not just offensively, but defensively, in a combined way that no one else can match. Georgia and LSU have had more sustainable and consistent offenses this season, but they don't have the same sustainable defense that Michigan does. Michigan has been far better than both Georgia and LSU at stopping the run, and they've certainly been superior than LSU at stopping the pass, just to give some SEC comparisons. Michigan is first in FPI and efficiency by ESPN for a reason, and they're also number one in game control. It's because they diagnose their opponents and they pick them apart. It's like Michigan is like Gordon Ramsay dissecting and cutting up a full chicken. He can do it blindfolded. And Michigan can be an efficiency monster while holding back half of their playbook against the Nebraskas, Purdue's, the Rutgers, and I would say on a better day, even the Maryland's of the world. They even did it against Penn State to a certain degree. Michigan only running the football, rarely running anything creative or any type of passing play whatsoever, and they still beat Penn State 24-15 to and controlled that game from the start of the second quarter onward. It was clear who the better team was. I just think that Michigan is the more sustainable, the more efficient team in this matchup. And while I don't think that's the most important reason because... It's more so styles and how you play on that specific day than your overall performance that creates the fight and that results in the in the winner of the game. More often than not, 12 or 13 games is a large enough sample size to determine how a team is going to perform in the postseason or the playoff, given they have extra time to prepare and we and you're going to get their best especially in the playoff and even in New Year's Six Bowl games if there are no opt-outs or minimal opt-outs. Michigan, through 13 games, finds ways to control their matchups. They find ways to have an effective rushing attack, not an elite one, but an effective one, in spite of typically only gaining anywhere from three to five yards per carry. And they have a super efficient passing offense. When you complete nearly 75% of your pa- pass attempts and you average 9.2 yards per pass attempt those are great numbers and their defense they consistently get pressure with only four or five men they intercept the ball while whether it's whether they play two safeties back or whether they rely on their corners on an island they've been battle tested enough against a maryland and ohio state wide receiver core to now face off against a good alabama wide receiver core and their linebackers tackle well 
and their tight ends and receivers and running backs do their best job too. And they have a good kicker in James Turner and a good punter in Tommy Doman. Alabama has better special teams than Michigan. I think they have better linebackers who can bring better pressure. And at wide receiver, I think they're better. But Alabama relies on the explosive plays to win, and Michigan relies on the plays that are easier to replicate to win, like short passes, intermediate passes, short runs, um, third and short conversions. And at times, they're willing to go out of the box and be aggressive and go for it on fourth down or bring pressure, but it's all calculated. And Michigan's success on fourth down is a part of their sustainability. That's not a fluke. They've gone for it on fourth down around 20 times this season, and they've converted nearly 75 or 80% of their fourth downs on the year. So I think Michigan's going to win this game. These are the five reasons why, and those are the defensive line, the secondary, Blake Corum, efficient quarterback play with J.J. McCarthy, and Michigan's staff drawing up great game plans and their team working together as a team to create sustainable drives and sustainable defensive game plans. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Remember to like and subscribe and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more college football content. Thanks to Crash2488 for sponsoring this video as a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringers for sponsoring this video as an All-American patron. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for sponsoring as an All-Conference patron. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and I will see you all around. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye-bye.